Hello, welcome to this super colorful original telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as ScottCast. You caught us in the middle of ripping into the CDC's Facebook presence. Well, actually, I like this Facebook presence for them, but it's still hilarious nonetheless. I don't have any qualms with the CDC. I have qualms with the fact that they need to present this information as if it's like uh, some new thing that people didn't know about. Like, this is like the very bottom of the knowledge hierarchy yeah. of hygiene and uh, being clean. Tell me, tell me some examples that you got scrolling through there. Well, did you know that you should not throw your one-year-old into a pool? No. Without? <laughs> well, how else is it going to learn to swim? It, it should learn to swim first. <laughs> That's the point. <laughs> also, wash your hands before you make food. All breaking news discoveries? Do like do they link to anything, or is it just like a, like a little like a model like washing their hands? It's like, hey, did you realize that this was a bad thing that you're doing? Stop. <laughs> <laughs> so, like this brings us to uh, there was a very odd one that they did. There, yeah, it's what? not all. What brought us Basic to the CDC stuff. web Facebook page? Um, so apparently, some genius got the idea to reuse condoms. Oh well, because you know how pricey that can get. Yeah, you know, and like if you're if you're out, like you don't want to limit the the evening. <laughs> <laughs> Just because you only had one, like, what if you're Mr. Romantic and this is, like, a big night for you and your lady? And, like, you know, but you've, you know, you only, you, the first time you go, it's not quite as what you guys expected. And the yeah. second time, it's just so romantic and, like, oh, now what do you do? You, you interrupt everything because you're unprepared? Or do you improvise and wash <laughs> out your condom? <laughs> Dig it out the trash, wash it out. Remove any uh, anything that might be sticking to it. <laughs> yeah. And reapply. So apparently that's a thing that people do um, because STDs are on the rise. Let me get you some factoids about that. Hold on. Are they on the rise because of this behavior? Allegedly. Uh, it's not helping. Like I want to know the numbers of who, how many people are doing this behavior. Like if like if if you're at a liquor store and you're selling like ten packs a day, so I don't know if that's a lot. <laughs> I don't know the numbers behind liquor store uh, condom sales, but uh, I don't even, I don't even think the liquor stores have condoms actually. Maybe they do. I, I don't think know. They do. I don't know. It seems like a liquor store item. Anyways. Let's say you have a liquor store and you're selling ten condoms. A More day. than two million cases of chlamydia, gonorrhea, and something else. Okay, but how many of those 10 do you think is somebody who washes? I have no idea, but apparently this is something that people do enough to, uh, enough to, to warrant a public announcement from the Center for Disease Control. Do you think... This is, okay, usually when I'm thinking of these public announcements, I'm thinking, you know, maybe it would be better if people didn't get so many warnings about how to live, like the obvious things. Yeah. Sometimes I think that. Sometimes I think 
maybe don't tell people not to eat paint like Chris Porter says. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe let them figure that one out for themselves. Like yeah. s- there's got to be a limit you feel to like the there's fences. There's a natural selection element in there that Yeah, there's a dark maybe it's better that they don't survive. Exactly, exactly. And so I think we should as humans who are knowledgeable about evolution and Darwinian well, some of us. <laughs> Most, I mean, you know, enough. We know enough oh, that, yeah. like, it would, like, even if you're a staunch creationist, mm-hmm. like, you can see at least, the, like, the miniature ways evolution works. Like, maybe not in the genetic level, but you could totally see iteration. Like, microevolution. Microevolution. Everyone can, there's no arguing against that. It should be that your child looks something like you. Yeah. <laughs> if not, well, maybe question that. Yeah. <laughs> if not, maybe some Lothario washed the condom. <laughs> <laughs> and your wife didn't tell you about the washed condom. But hey, as long as it was washed, it's, you guys should be good, right? Well, apparently not. It's probably just a little loose, but, you know, no STDs would get through. It's just because it's washed. Mm, no. That's not how that works. No? Like, no. What if, what if you used hot water? Then your condom's more likely to break and you'll get whatever STD was in there. Good. <laughs> <laughs> that's about... That, that's, that's what I'm saying. Is yeah. Just let... Well, Go actually, ahead. no. Don't. No? We want to enforce this Darwinian thought. We want to we wanna help nudge it along. So let's say, let's scrap the other posts on that Facebook page that have to do with, like, washing your hands before you eat, the real basic stuff. Try not to die from salmonella. Don't drown your child. Give those lessons in elementary school, middle school, and high school for cl- just, just, just to tie the knot. Yeah. And after that, you're on your own. You don't need, you, there's no more reminders about how to What's behave. What's the cutoff, the age there? Well, when you get out of high school, that last assembly about public safety, washing your hands, etc., going to the dentist, that last PSA, no more PSAs, except for this one. (laughs) Don't wash your condom. Don't do it, because we don't need you to be breeding more because of a mistake. True. It's, it's, that's, that's the, that's the end of the, that's, that's, that's the final this, this, there's no way. Yeah, that's the Scott Cast take. That's the Scott Cast take right there. I mean, like, I, I mean, unless don't breed. <laughs> yeah, don't breed. If you're, if you're, if the, like, if you, if you're at that point, and you're at the sink, and you're like, maybe if I just wash this out, pause. <laughs> Think about what what would be better for the world. Do you want to be a part of the end of the world? Do you want to be a part of? Uh, you don't want to continue. Like, like, I'm not continuing my line, I don't think. Probably not. Yeah. You know, because, you know, I'm more of an influencer in thought. Mm-hmm. There's, the world doesn't need, like I've covered. You're spreading your thought genes. My thought genes. The world doesn't need my actual genes. I got two or three pairs, and they're mine, and I'm keeping them. I'm not sending them out. There's no need to send them out. No Salvation Army is going to take these genes. <laughs> No, no point in doing that. But I will broadcast my thoughts mm-hmm. throughout throughout the universe for the rest of eternity. Yeah. Um, 
Which brings me to the email bag. Yeah. Email bag, I got an email with a very simple question. It was anonymous. Uh, I tried to email the uh, reply to back, mm-hmm. and it just bounced. It just came from the ether. And it simply stated, what is ScottCast? And it sent me into a perilous... Uh, existential vertigo land mm-hmm. where I was like, what is Scott Cass? What is Scott Cass? I started it in March and I've always wanted to start a talk show even even when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Like instead of watch, instead of having friends, I'd watch talk shows. I'd watch David Letterman. And stuff like that. I'd record them. I'd DVR them. Go home. Binge on late night talk shows. Mm-hmm. And that would be my social life. Which was glamorous. Because it was all the funniest people. And the top A-list celebrities. Yeah. It's better than real friends. It's way better than real friends. So. Ever since then. Ever since I had that taste of that lifestyle. I've wanted to host my own podcast. My idea... I mean, my own talk show. And my idea of a talk show has changed in various various ways. Like, I started listening to podcasts. I started listening to Smodcast, Tell Him Steve Dave, those kind of things. Which, by the way, the Tell Him Steve Dave audience Mm -hmm. might not be our audience. (laughs) (laughs) Why is that? I don't know. They don't seem to pick up on the Scott Cast vibes as easily as, uh, say, other people do that that aren't associated with the Tell Him Steve Day. The ones that would just happen upon Scott Cast. Are we not raunchy enough? I don't know if it's the raunchiness. I think they're. I think they take offense to our dedication to the esoteric. Hmm. And that's what I would have to reckon to guess. So we're too thoughtful. Too thoughtful and too weird. You know, we're the, we're the ones that, we're the ones that, uh, they point at and laugh at the, on the playground because we're yeah. playing pretend super Saiyan or whatever. Isn't that what makes life great though? That we're better than them? Like imagination in general or like, uh, yeah. The, oh, that too. The weirdness of everything. I love the weirdness. The weirdness is what I'm dedicated to. I I prefer the weirdness over normal. We'll we'll get into that later. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so what is Scott Cast? So like we've I've had this stick for a while now. We really laid into it heavy with Ladondo, and uh, I don't know. If maybe maybe it's a stick we should drop. Like this is a this is a real peel the curtain back or draw the curtain back or whatever you do with curtains. Uh, this is one of them moments. <laughs> you don't know about curtains. <laughs> I don't know about curtains. This <laughs> prison. I have like thin, <laughs> like completely transparent sheets hanging over my windows. I just slightly distort the light as it passes through. <laughs> Allowing literally anybody to peer in and see the exact workings of my living situation. But, I do know about bringing the curtains back. Yeah. And that's what I'm doing right now. Let's do that. I don't think we should continue feuding. Like, it's... That was our thing. I don't know. I'm not good with feuds, it turns out. 
Scottcast, the other Scottcast, if they want to keep Scottcast as a name and we have to change everything we do, mm-hmm. so be it. I give up the feud. Scott Bradley, you win. No. No? I feel like Feudcast was uh, a milestone. It was a milestone. I mean, maybe not well received, but uh, I don't know. Think it'll be a cult classic? I think so. Okay. I can, I can go with cult classic. Like, Mallrats wasn't well received at first. Exactly. You know? It's going to come around and be like, holy fuck, that was amazing. Yeah, the uninitiated, they watch, they watch Mallrats and they think, oh, this is amateurish and, and snide. Yeah. And that's what they think about Feudcast when they watch it, too, I imagine, sometimes. Maybe? I don't know. I don't know. I don't get much feedback. I just get generic thumbs down. Etc. Be more constructive with your criticism. Yeah. Right into Hot for Scott Cast with some real thoughts. Like like I I trust me, I know you don't think we're gonna hear you over the riotous accolades that usually get thrown our way. I know you don't I don't I know you don't think we can hear you through the din of the uproarious praise that Scott Cast receives on a daily basis. But we can. And we are listening, because we are a kind pod. We're the kind of pod that cares if you think you're being gypped of enjoyment of your life because you decided to press play. Especially if you keep pressing play. Because people are pressing play. I get that. I've upgraded the hosting for our podcast so mm-hmm. I can get some better numbers. And, you know, numbers that filter out spam bots and all that stuff. Yeah. Because SoundCloud's notorious for anybody who wanders on the page, whether human or not. They're like, oh, that's a play. Oh, that's a play. Oh, that's a play. Oh, you're the most famous person in the world, aren't you? Yeah. But we got a couple dozen subscribers because every time I publish a pod, a lot in Michigan, but also in a few other states, California, Illinois, Mm -hmm. Virginia, Nebraska, and particularly Metro Detroit area, we got we got a showing. Yeah. So I'm proud of myself for having finally developed a talk show with a with a small but considerable, in my opinion, following. Because I used to play music. Yeah. And that never got a following. Yeah. <laughs> It's not to derail your train, but uh, speaking of bots... Speaking of bots... You've been like a fucking potting master, like, cranking them out. That's right. I'm putting real professional podcasts to shame. I would... uh, my output. I would assume that it was your doorbell bot, but you have a beard today. I was thinking about shaving it and and cutting (laughs) my hair, actually. Because of because of this very reason that like only a podcasting robot would have this prodigious output, but it turns out Scott the podcasting humans good enough. <laughs> good enough <laughs> gets the job done. <laughs> and I'm afraid if I do shave and, and become a podcasting robot, all well swanky and good looking, like they like they make them in Detroit become human featuring Emily Rose on the guitar. Ooh. You know, got to put the plug in because she said she wants to be a guest later on. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't pinned down an exact date, but she's going to come on and promote her album and we're going to talk esoteric shit because she's into esoteric shit. Yeah. She's not like these Tell Em Steve Dave people who get turned off by the esoteric. 
What do they like? I don't know what they like. I thought they would like the esoteric, because telling Steve Dave is often esoteric. That's like my life. Yeah. Esoteric shit. I don't, I don't understand We're too people esoteric. who like... Like, what do you do? You play fucking Fortnite all day? Is that what's going on? You think it's a bunch of Fortnite players? That's what my kids do. I mean, I've actually played, like, the generic Android equivalent in Fortnite, and I gotta say... <laughs> it's kind of lame. I like it. Oh. Because <laughs> it's a cool concept as far as multiplayer fighting games is concerned. First off, there's no real story. Mm-hmm. You You start off as a human being. You pick guy or girl and the funny thing is is you start off and you, they don't even give you clothes yeah like you you drop in like like the, you're you like sp- the terminator <laughs> yeah like but the terminator with boxer briefs on okay <laughs> something like that and not completely nude yeah yeah no, no full frontal yeah they gotta they gotta keep that rating down <laughs> and i think it would be hard to as good as the the graphics on this thing's amazing mm-hmm. but uh it looks like it looks like it wouldn't handle the jiggly nature of a penis, <laughs> you know. So I don't think they would be able to do full nude. Okay. But besides that, when the basic concept is this, and it does it extremely well, and I completely see why it's taking over because even I like it playing it. Yeah, uh, and they do have a, like a tiered system of gaining points, and mm-hmm. like you know you can pay money to get better shit, but you don't really need to. And that's the best. That's the most genius part about this because it's engaging just from the gameplay. They put you on a plane, and and immediately you see a route through the island, which is always the same island. Uh, with the same kind of Dropbox areas and stuff like that, and the same houses. And it's a huge island. It's like miles wide. And you plot this line, and you basically get to choose where you start by parachuting. But everybody gets to choose, and there's a 100 people always playing with you. So I started this game, and I started as a guest because I didn't want to sign in. Mm -hmm. And I was wasting everybody. Like I was like... I won like five times in a row. I was number one out of a hundred. I play again and I'm like, okay, you know what? I want to hear what these people are saying because I noticed there was a microphone with like a with like a no sign. So I knew I was like uh, off the chat. Yeah. Uh, but I wanted to hear who I was crushing. I turned it on <laughs> and it was like all toddlers. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't have that golden eye experience they have. Yeah. <laughs> so like, <laughs> man, I was feeling so big and bad, and like I was like ripping into these kids. <laughs> they didn't know what was going on. I'm like, I admit it. I did play a game knowing they were toddlers, <laughs> and I didn't let up. <laughs> yeah. I wasted into them with the microphone on to hear them go like, "What happened?" Ah. Some of them. Probably Sometimes were, you got to do that. You got to teach them that life's going to crush you. Yeah, yeah. If you want to step into a ring with an adult, I don't. I I play Uno a lot with my kids at work. And do you? Oh, and you don't let you don't let oh, them win. I, I fucking crush them. <laughs> you gotta if you want to if you want them to respect how you think and what what you think and like yeah. where you get your ideas. You can't start letting oh. them crush you at Uno. Life's gonna suck sometimes. Let's practice dealing with that. That's how I make that therapeutic. <laughs> I think if like if you crush the kid at Uno, 
Yeah. Like, and you're crushing him all the time. And, like, he gets the idea that, you know, you're just a better thinker than he is. <laughs> like, he's going to be a ton more receptive to whatever it is I have to say. Because it's like, you are clearly the better thinker than he is, and you've proven it <laughs> endlessly. And it's like, you guys got that personal bond because you both were in that room. It was just you two. Yeah. So it was just, the records just between you two. And he just knows you're a way better thinker than he is. <laughs> so he listens to you and he respects you and he's like, he defaults to you. And that's what a good therapist is. And I got to admit, that's why I have you on this podcast yeah. because I'm bad at forming opinions. Like I get email bags all the time from across the spectrum being like, Scott, I didn't know you were so liberal. Scott, I didn't know you were so conservative. Scott, I didn't know you were so blank. I don't actually have any opinions. Yeah. I'm a very myopic, narcissistic person. In a good way. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I, I, I only bring joy to the world, and I focus on that. And I, and I know I can't address these big issues. But... But, I, but instead of ignoring the big issues, I just default my opinion and thoughts to one Ian Dixon. Because I know, he, if anything, he's a thoughtful person. You know? I'm kind of surprised I've had that effect, actually. You think? Because I'm pretty, uh, I live in that gray area. And that's, that's the appealing thing. <laughs> I don't really have to subscribe to anything by defaulting to you. I default to you, and then you defend the gray area. Yeah. Much better than I do, because, like, my gray area is like, well, you know, everyone kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody really knows what they're talking about, and I don't believe anything you say. That's my gray area, and people think that's off-putting. But your gray area is more accepting of the chaos of the world and understanding of your place in it, but also the fact that you can make a difference in your own way, in your own life, but well, conducting yourself. The, the presumption that I can make a difference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, oh, that's a fact. Well, it's enough. <laughs> it's better than, it's a better starting point than most people in the morning. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so that's why we have you here, you know, and I, and I was, so I was thinking, like, oh, maybe we should abandon. Maybe we should abandon the the the, the feuding ways of Scott Cast and yeah. become more of a more of a benevolent force in the world. You know, because I don't know what Scott Cast is really with Mister E Bellbag person. I don't know either. It's hard to sell it when it's like that's the answer. <laughs> I can put stickers out though. I was thinking it's got about your fucking st- name on it. <laughs> I have a T-shirt coming my way of just a plain Scottcast logo shirt, like a gray one. Just, yeah. I'm going to try wearing it out, see if anybody mentions it. Okay. And then I'm going to practice talking to strangers about my stupid podcast, feeling out whether they'd be cool with a podcast that mentions necrophilia <laughs> from the first episode and sprinkled throughout. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and and I, I'm going to practice my elevator pitch with them and see if see what resonates with people. Yeah, that and that translates well to the actual experience because the idea is if you can get someone's attention, i.e., with a T-shirt, mm-hmm. if you draw someone's interest in by relating to something that they find interesting, 
uh, and you produce a podcast, and once they listen to it, they get a feed of this interesting stuff that they enjoy and that you promise them. They're going to be like, I want to listen to this more, and then boom, they're going to hit subscribe because it's so easy to subscribe because I have all the buttons on the ScottCast website. I coded them myself. Yeah. Like, just go up there, and like if you recognize a logo, it'll be like, that's mine, boom. <laughs> and there you are, you're subscribed. That's the, how easy it is to subscribe to ScottCast. Coded like a boss. That's right. So, I don't know. Should we stop feuding? Should we not stop feuding? This might be a couple episode discussion. Maybe we need to uh, solicit some email back, get a vote. Yeah. I mean, maybe, how about this? We'll put our feud up, we'll put our feud powers to good use for our Scott Castigators. I mean, we've we've settled the co-host feud. In a way. I mean, like, you know, everyone kind of knows their place and they feel comfortable in their place. David, David, David feels good as the underdog. Yeah. He feels... He feels loved by his, his little portion of the Scott Cast audience. That's kind of the best place to be. Everybody roots for the underdog. Everybody does root for the underdog. But you know what? Fan favorite's fan favorite for a reason. Yeah. Is my counter to that. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So it's like, yeah, everyone's always excited to see David. And David's always bringing... Because I got to admit, David's super invested Isn't it in this. his fucking birthday or some shit? Oh, yeah, it is his birthday. What the fuck? We should shout out to David. Hey, shout David. out, David. Happy birthday, David. We're, sneaky D. We're, we, yep, it's Sneaky D with that <laughs> Sneaky B day. Birthday. Just showing up in the pod all of a sudden. Like, I don't know. What should we do for him for his birthday on the pod now? I don't know. Now that you mentioned it. we have to. Now we can't just, like, gloss it over. We should make him a cake out of uh, bugs. How about not something that requires effort? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> something vocal? Hey, how about this? You're good at potting, Dave. <laughs> Did? He like, doesn't like it being called Dave. We got to start over. Uh, we should give him a compliment. What, what kind of compliment can you think for David? Because we're trying to be nice. We're going to give people a taste of nice cast. Dear David. Dear David. You are the best exercise physiologist I know. Like he's good at exercise physiologist or like amongst the exercise physiologist you know, he is the best person. The second one. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> Top of the heap. You're, you're Captain America of exercise physiologists. Of the one exercise physiologist I know. <laughs> you're the best. You know, you... It's just as easy to be the worst. <laughs> so feel lucky, David. You're the best. David, my compliment to you is when, when we're potting remotely, you, you have a pretty good setup, which is, which is great. You own good things. <laughs> good for you. You made a good purchase on Reverb.com. <laughs> but for real. He's a fantastic co-host. I'm glad to have him as the underdog. He works best in the underdog position because he works best when he feels like when he feels like he has a hurdle to jump. He's, yeah, he's old, he's a very uh, how do you say amb- ambitious and uh, goal oriented human being. So put a goal in front of him, put a put a finish line there, and he'll sprint to it. And that's why I put a finish line right in front of him, but like more like a carrot on a stick kind of thing. <laughs> 
So he's always like three paces from the finish line. So he's always sprinting in that mad dog way. And that what's, that's what makes him the id yes. of Scott Cass. It's because we, we drive him to that point where Kevin Spacey's yelling, Go, David! Was it Kevin Spacey? No, it wasn't Kevin Spacey. It was Kevin Costner. Same thing. Well, kind of. Kevin Costner wouldn't appreciate that. Thanks for completing our psyche, David. That's, oh, there we go. That's the best compliment you can get. <laughs> so, there we go. We, we, we said happy birthday to David. There you go. We did the email bag with completely inconclusive results. Yep. No one knows what Scott Cast is. Scott Cast is what it is. Wasn't there a Master Charles email, too? Oh, that's right. Master Charles tweeted at us. Okay. He, and he brought something up. And it made me feel... It brought, up, it brought thoughts of nostalgia into my mind. Uh, have you ever heard of the Zune? Microsoft Zune? Yes. Have you ever heard of the Zune Pass? No. Aha. Uh-huh. I gotta teach you. There used to be, for a brief window of time... A glorious, glorious service available to people who appreciate collecting digital music. Mm-hmm. And that service was called the Zune Pass. It was just like Spotify, except instead of you know streaming it from your phone or whatever, you had a mobile, this is before smartphones, you had a mobile device mm-hmm. that you could download whatever you want to. Yeah. And like They made this thing in like 64, 128 gigabytes, so you could put whatever you want on it. Mm-hmm. And you, for ten bucks a month, you had a pass to download whatever you wanted, and like they had anything that you could think of available, yeah. like the whole iTunes thing, whatever. And on top of that, for that same price, they allow you to keep ten songs forever as like unprotected files. Yeah, you just download and you keep them, and they're yours. So for 10 bucks a month, you basically bought 10 tracks and were able to listen to as much as you wanted, which is way better than the Spotify deal. It's like, I think, because you don't get to keep anything. I mean, that's, yeah, it's like a a CD per month. Yeah. Plus whatever is streaming. Yeah, and everyone was making fun of the Zoom the whole time, and I was just there bopping along, enjoying my Zoom pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, keeping all this astounding collection of music 120 songs a year because i had it for a couple years yeah i think zune should sponsor us i think they should revive it (laughs) (laughs) and we should become sponsored by zune Mm -hmm. i would that would be a full circle thing for me (laughs) i would more be more than willing to be sponsored by zune publish on zune yeah I mean, not exclusively. <laughs> Got an audience to think about, but we'll publish there. They just need yeah. to revive it. Bronwyn had a Zoom when we, when we met, um, but I don't know if she had the pass or not. How long did she use it? How long did she hold on to her Zoom? Was she reluctant? Give I it feel like it, it shat the bed pretty quick after <laughs> we... It like just stopped working, or I don't know what happened with it. You did not have a good Zoom experience. You'll have to ask her about that. Well, if it shat the bed really quick, I don't have to. Like, if you just give me a timeline of how long the Zoom lasted, I'll tell you. If I she don't had know a good how experience. long she had it before we met, but I know after we met, it didn't last very long. It was maybe three months. Was it thin, 
or was it like a thicker, it like was, boxier? It was kind of boxy. Okay, that was definitely the one where they had. It was a larger hard drive, and mm-hmm. it, it wasn't the flash SD card, SD solid state, yeah, hard drive that they had in the thinner ones. Because the thinner ones, they're just like a, they're pretty much just a. It's like a jump drive. A jump drive with a nice screen. Yeah. Yeah. And the bigger ones are, are more of our computer hard hard drive <laughs> with a with a with a shitty screen. Yeah, and a weird circle thing that I loved. I was it was a glorious time to be alive, to be in high school, ignoring people because I used talk shows for social interaction and uh, listening to my Zoom pass, walking around the halls. Allowing everyone to be like, hey, look at that weird dude. <laughs> He's got bad posture. <laughs> I think that's the third time this week he's worn that. <laughs> like, I looked like, I looked like, uh, I looked like an extra in a kid's grunge movie. Yeah. I always had a loose flannel mm. that was unbuttoned and wrinkly. Over the oversized shirt and the long scruffy hair. Yeah. And the same sweater. Just to paint the picture. <laughs> For the Scottcast audience. So they know how far I've come because I'm a I'm a handsome devil now. Yeah. Everyone I get I, I get constant letters in the Scottcast email bag about how handsome I am. That's the basically the only reason people seem to watch the Scottcast specials yeah. that go on video. Is so that they can just like, turn off the sound and watch me talk. They just dream about reusing those condoms with you. <laughs> <laughs> and as long as it was with warm water. <laughs> so I have a I have a question before we get into the main meat. We're not even in the meat yet. We're gonna get to the We're meat. We're forty minutes in, man. Well, I I I. I had to extend the f- the front matter of today's episode because I was expecting you to come in with a lot of the facts on this one. Yeah, missed the mark there. I did miss the mark. You needed more time to review. I should have given you the time. And maybe maybe if like we get a good start on this and we have some good curiosities about the case. We'll see what we'll happens. Part two. Yeah. But before we do that, I needed to get this off my chest because this is affecting me. Okay. Uh, people text me ellipses, uh, the dot, 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 you know, yeah. in a text, like, so they'll, they'll say what they're saying. And then instead of a straight period or no punctuation, yeah, uh, they do dot, 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 ellipses. And sometimes they do it in between sentences too. Mm-hmm. Like they, they do the dot, dot, dot in between sentences. And to me, when I'm reading that, it always reads as like, uh, as like uh, like a hesitating, mm-hmm. unsure, yeah, uh, and like there's something that there's an elephant in the room that's not being addressed. That's always what I like 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 someone's pussyfooting around a subject. Okay, and it's I I bring it up with you because you do this. I do this constantly, so I need to know the psychology behind it because it's freaking me out. Every time I get it from other people. With you, I kind of know. 
it's a thoughtful thing, but even then I get messed up. So please yeah. clarify. You're running dot dot dot. What are you thinking? What's the what's the, what are you communicating with that punctuation? For me, that's just kind of how I talk. I I sort of trail off a lot, and I feel like I'm communicating the way I would in person. But what does that add to the message? That's a good question. Because, <laughs> like, when I'm thinking of it composition-wise, yeah. I see the dot, dot, dot as, as an additional thing, additional amount of effort. So if you're just trailing off, like, what does that communicate to me that you're kind of trailing off? Like, you're not finished with the thought? Like, should I press for more questions or should I allow you to think more? How should I behave in the face of a dot, dot, dot? What was the last thing I said doing that? We were discussing the topic for today's uh, meet. I told you we should call today's cast Scotch Cast. Let me see here. And where did you put the dot, dot, dot? I said, I've begun drinking. We can call it Scotch Cast. Dot, dot, dot. See you you soon. Well, see, well, you added see you soon right after that, so I knew what that meant. Yeah. Like, we can call it Scotch Cast, because you had a scotch before you got here. A couple. You had a few. <laughs> You've polished a bottle off before you got here. And, uh, but I know that that ellipses is more of a, like, yeah, we could call it Scotch Cast. I know it's like a <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Like, I don't. I don't know that I had a, a purpose in mind with that. Um, like I said, that's that's kind of the the flow of my conversation. Is I'll have a thought and I'll put it out there, and then I'll just. Th- for me, that's like an opening for you to respond. Maybe is that what that's for? I don't know. It's like it's like a. Uh, this is what I can. It bring. wasn't. It wasn't a very thoughtful ellipses. It's not a very thoughtful ellipses. I don't know what other people intend when they do that. Because I got, I got a text from somebody for work. Yeah. You know, because sometimes that's how I communicate with clients these mm-hmm. days. Is they, they just want a text up front, which is a little weird, but I t- I'll take it. But this one, uh, like every sentence ended with an ellipses. And... It's, it, it felt like, like I didn't, like at first I was like, wow, did I say something like offensive or did I say something uh, unprofessional or something like that? Did I, am I going about this wrong for them via text message? No, I, I think, I feel like business text like messaging is kind of a wild that's west. A different, that's a different, yeah. So, but like, it turns out uh, this person's older. And they add an ellipses at the end of everything they write. <laughs> they may just have Alzheimer's. It's just like, did I, did I press that? Did I press that button? Did you know that uh, memory loss is not a normal part of aging? Well, I do now, thanks to the CDC's Facebook. The CDC's Facebook says, get checked out, and you probably have Alzheimer's. Here's the problem with that, is I'm pretty sure memory loss happens to everybody regardless of 
like their brain health. I bet even the strongest brains once in a while forget a thing or two. Yeah. I'm awful with names. Bad with names. I'm really good with faces. I can recognize your face, but I cannot put a name to your face. I met somebody who had facial dysplasia. Yeah. Is that the word? It's where they don't recognize people's faces at all. Like, like they just say blank canvases, essentially. That happens a lot with like, uh, people on the autism spectrum because they don't, uh, they don't make like eye contact the way we do when Mm -hmm. we talk to people. Mm hmm. So they don't, they don't ever end up displaying this. Like the person I met wasn't on the, on, on the autism spectrum that I would be able to tell, but, uh, like just genuinely like, would not recognize you. Yeah. Like staring right at you, staring right at you all the time. Cause like we worked in this co-working space mm-hmm. and she would just, it, it would be like, we'd be having a conversation and, uh, I'd put my hat back on. Right. Cause I have the same hat I always wear. And then once I put my hat on, she was like, Oh, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> and, then she, and then I guess like, she's like, Oh, that's why this conversation has been so weird. So it's like, that's, that's crazy. Like, so you don't remember names. She can't recognize faces. And the CDC is over here warning people blanket. Like, hey, if you forget something, you might have Alzheimer's. Go get it checked out. I mean, they might as well just say, hey, you're X years old. Go get your Alzheimer's checked yeah, out. Yeah, I mean. I feel like that's not a good trigger. At some point, screening is like the best thing you can do because somebody's you're going to catch someone who otherwise wouldn't have been caught right and if you catch it early that's helpful right yeah the earlier the better for most things right i was always wondered if it was like one of those alzheimer's was like an inevitable decline kind of thing or i mean yeah (laughs) but like it's it's a degenerative brain disease but if you catch it early you can slow it and so you have more quality of life the earlier you catch it. Okay. So just get it checked. Yeah. Don't, don't wait for the memory loss to happen. Just go see your doctor, except that our insurance system's awful. As you can tell, I don't know how old the Scottcast audience is. So I'm trying to give content. It, it doesn't matter. Just go get screened for anything. Every year, go, go see your doctor. Go see your doctor and tell them... I have something. I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Find it. That's right. There's money in it for you. <laughs> Wave your insurance card. Money. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to do it. So we're going to take a quick Scott cast break. Okay. And after that, we're going to get into... Serial murderers. That's right, the meat of the episode. And I'm yeah. just going to give you a quick teaser right now. Is, did, do we, does Scott cast know? Does Scott, or, is, try that again. Has Scott cast <laughs> discovered, has Scott cast discovered the true identity of Jack the Ripper? Dun, dun, dun. 
If you appreciate ScottCast and enjoy the way we pod, the way we pod so smooth, go ahead and fake a credit card number or something and sign up for audibletrial.com forward slash ScottCast. I'm dead serious. This will genuinely help us keep going. All you have to do is go and sign up for Audible Trial and get yourself a free Audible book. Maybe don't use fake credentials. Give them an actual shot. It's actually pretty good. I had it for like a year. It was pretty good. I still listen to those audiobooks. On to the show. All right, we're back from our break. We're refueled. We're refreshed. And we're ready to talk about the dreaded, dreaded true identity of Jack the Ripper. Yes. I almost had a continuity error there. (laughs) But anyway... Uh, Jack the Ripper, everyone knows him. Late 1800s, he terrorized London by uh, killing some hookers. Yep. Dirty hookers on the street. That's kind of what he did. Pretty much. So he was killing all these hookers and uh, taking their organs, Mm -hmm. writing threatening messages, uh, you know, generally, genuinely, generally being a serial killer, yeah, you know, person, you know, them, those guys, they're all the same, right, Ian? <laughs> yep. Okay, so they're all the same. We've established that. Now there is another serial killer who was operating around this time, mm. a continent away. In the Americas. Chicago itself. Oh. And I want to take a little pause right here to remind, no, to tell you, I'm going to Chicago soon. You are? Yeah, I'm taking a three-day weekend someday soon. And we're going to Chicago, and I plan to visit... The Murder Hotel? The Murder Hotel. Is it still around? No, it's a post office. Damn it. Because I would totally road trip for that. I mean, yeah. There's probably nothing to see. (laughs) (laughs) That's not exactly the kind of thing the city's like, hey, let's let's make this, put plaques in this. Let's keep this murder hotel up. (laughs) We'll have an old lady give tours every once in a while. (laughs) We'll put a little gift shop up front. (laughs) That'll be great. That would be crazy. Like, like you going on your normal. I feel shit like that tour. would be a pretty big draw, though. I mean, I would love to see it. Just the because Midwest is like weird, fucked up about serial murderers. Because I don't know why there's so many here, but like, is this is this Midwest where they're concentrated? Like Milwaukee is like, yeah, that's where Ed Gein was from. That's where you got your Jeffrey Dahmer. All from that area, huh? All up Wisconsin, Illinois, yeah. Michigan alums, for some reason, uh, apparently serial murder people. That's H.H. H. Holmes. H.H. H. Holmes, U of M alum. I mean, I always had you a got bad your feeling. You bomber guy. I always had a bad feeling about Ann Arbor. Ann Arbor is a terrible place. <laughs> <laughs> if it says nothing, H.H. H. Holmes decided to get an education in U of M. It's coming from a, a Michigan alum here. Yeah. Far from... <laughs> Far from where he grew up, wherever he grew up, in like Alabama or wherever, he yeah. went to U of M. And did you know why he chose to go to U of M? Because they had a 
great medical school and he was really into cadavers. That's exactly correct. <laughs> he's great medical school and he's really into cadavers. Apparently when he was a kid, there was a doctor in town. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a small town. And he showed an interest in medical science. So the doctor, uh, as a small child, took H.H. Holmes in. And was like, hey, check out this autopsy I'm doing. Learn some science. Sweet. Yeah. And little did he know, the kid was a psychopath. And he really got into it. And took the rest of his life to express how into it he was by murdering countless people, going to U of M, etc. And it's speculated because there's some circumstantial evidence. Mm-hmm that he took a road trip, not road trip, but a, he took a little little jaunt to Europe. An intercontinental trip. An intercontinental trip to go to London and play uh, Press Darling for a while, if mm-hmm. you will. Press Darling Jack the Ripper. The evidence that they describe is A, Jack the Ripper was thought to be a medical person. We know H.H. Holmes went to medical school at U of M. Yeah. Uh, We know that H.H. Holmes had a thousand different aliases. Mm -hmm. And amongst these aliases, it has been shown that he used them to travel to England around this time. Okay. I feel like that's enough. That's enough evidence at that point. He's a, he's, we know he's, a, he's an established psychopath. He built a freaking murder hotel. Yeah. He has the training required, the very unique training to require to be a Jack the Ripper figure. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's demonstrated murder before this point and after this point. Mm-hmm. And you have suspiciously timed logs of him coming in and out of England. It's so suspicious that when I went to go read public opinion on this debate, because I, I got all this from a history channel. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing people who bring you ancient aliens. <laughs> Super scientifically accurate. Exactly. So I was like, okay, what's the zeitgeist say? And the zeitgeist says, A, this is ridiculous, don't believe it, mm-hmm. which is like, fine, you're just going to be, you're just, you just have your pet theory zeitgeist. And B... Uh, it's conspicuously too close because apparently uh, he sired his children, if you know what I mean, Yeah. around this time too. And it showed that there might have been too little time for him to sire children and move, get his butt over to across the Atlantic, yeah. do some murder and, and come back. So they, there's some, circum, but the circumstantial evidence is damning. I mean, I, I don't know the specific timeline, so I, I couldn't make a judgment on that. I'm just, I'm just bringing it up for the ScottCast audience to ponder. Yeah. Okay, so we know H.H. H. Holmes is Jack the Ripper. Because he, he can knock a lady up and get to London the same day. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, like today's, at least, I mean, this is old-timey. Well, I mean, you still you're flying across the ocean. Like it's, 
it's a long journey, but it's not uh, it's not unheard of. I could see that. So it's not like a jet plane. It's it's going a little slower, but it's it's still uh, capable of flight. It's getting uh, it's getting over there. We not we might not be able to say uh, whether or not. H.H. Yeah. H. Holmes is Jack the Ripper. We but, can't definitively point that. Yeah. But I do have something I want to bring up. Okay. This series that I watched that was trying desperately to get me to believe this mm-hmm. was really convincing. And it was spearheaded by his direct ancestor, his great grandson, H.H. Mm-hmm. H. Holmes Jr. Jr. or something. <laughs> <laughs> And my question I want to pose in general is, why in the world would you want to put your family name, which is already tarnished by, by building a murder motel, Yeah. Uh, why would you want to then be like, you know what, Jack the Ripper too? check out how, like not only was my evil great-grandfather really evil he was the most badass of the evil <laughs> like that's what it feels like it's yeah. like why are they that they shouldn't they try to be distancing themselves by now like no one's like saying like i'm hitler's great grandkid you don't see any well, hitler juniors i mean uh like if you have this confirmed history and you're irrevocably connected to hh H. holmes why not like build on that like if that's that's the legacy that you have there's no stopping that why not uh try and build that up because then you'd be the then you'd be like everyone would be totally paranoid that you're a psychopath cuz yeah. a you're lauding these psychopaths <laughs> and b you're you're attaching your own personal modern name to the histories of these psychopaths. Well, maybe there's a monetary gain to be had. He is selling a book and he does have a series. There you go. So, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what, uh, H. H. Holmes Jr. Jr. His life is all about, but, uh, if, if you're trying to monetize your family history, you gotta go balls to the wall. That's true. You gotta have the craziest family in the world. Yeah. So maybe you just you push a little bit, and oh, this is approximately the same time, and it doesn't really fit with the Chicago murders, but uh, why not? Here's what irks me about this. Okay. It's like, what good could possibly come? of bolstering and clarifying and Im- improving upon the story, basically, mm-hmm. of Jack the Ripper. Like, people already... People are already have this weird, morbid fascination with the guy. Mm-hmm. Like, do you think all this interest in these murderers, these serial killers, do you think it drives... What do you think? Do you think it, there's a net change on whether how many serial killers go out and do stuff? Do you think there's copycats and stuff like that who are inspired by the crazy coverage that these serial killers get? 
Like they want the attention too? That's a difficult question. Like, what does talking about these serial killers get for us? Should we keep them under wraps, or should we talk about it from no, the outside? No, I, I think... I think there's two directions you can come at that from. There's, uh... There is a concern about copycats, because you, you see that with a lot of the school shootings. Like, when one hap- when big one happens, mm-hmm. like after Columbine, there was a series of smaller shootings that were maybe less well planned mm-hmm. but they were clearly like inspired by or whatever so that's bad we don't want that but at the same time uh people like me have a fascination with this sort of thing uh and i i am not a murderer <laughs> no <laughs> to clarify never killed anybody no, you're just you're just part of those you're just part of the Nielsen ratings for these specials. I think um to kind of harken back to the last few episodes that I've been on, mm-hmm. uh it's a real it's like appeasing the id. Hmm. How is it like appeasing the id? Well we all have these impulses. And I would never murder anybody, but I I understand the emotion behind that. And uh, what do you mean you understand the emotion behind that? Well, what is the emotion? We all have this this primal urge to I don't even know what the what is the urge. <laughs> Like an aggressive impulse? Yeah, I mean, we have... You think of, like, how... Uh, how these big emotions strike you, and and whether it's anger or... Uh, like, I'll break objects out of anger. Yeah. But I've never lashed out at people or living beings. And that's because you have a functional... Uh, psyche. Oh. Your, your ego keeps the id in check. Very good. Good job, ego. I knew my ego would do good me good. <laughs> and you, your super ego knows that like that would not stand in society, and your your psyche is functioning appropriately. Thank God, some good news. But you you still have those those impulses sometimes. You see, uh, you watch the news, and you want to like stab somebody in the face, right? No, that one doesn't happen to me. No. That one you're drawing from your own life. <laughs> All I'm saying, I, I watch the news and I want to stab people in the face sometimes. I would never do that, of course. Okay. Um, so is it a, like an actual feeling, like an actual stabby impulse? I think, uh, I mean, it's like, it's, it's, it's very much it. It's like, uh, the subconscious stuff that maybe doesn't boil up to where you would ever legitimately consider these things, but it's uh, it's there. It's your emotional reactions. Your your reptile brain has uh, it reacts on impulse to these things. Like sometimes. Not often. I'm not a crazy person. Yeah. I'm I'm I'm, I'm often not angry. You're at a all. sane person. Yeah, I'm often not angry at all. Yeah. I I'm I have a remarkably easy laid back life. 
Exactly. <laughs> but I have been angry before, and a lot of the times what happens is I'll be ruminating on a subject, say on a walk or something like yeah. that, and I'll imagine it, and I'll imagine the offense or grievance or whatever, and I'll imagine perhaps a future episode where that grievance or offense is somewhat magnified mm-hmm. or, or intensified. And and I'll imagine lashing out. Yeah, you know. But you're saying so psychopaths. That's a, <laughs> so that's a fantasy that you may have, like fleetingly, based on your your ego. Yeah, it's like one percent of the fantasies I have. Most of my fantasies right. revolve around buying audio equipment right now. Exactly. So your yeah your your higher minds your uh, your ego and your super ego they keep that shit in check they're like no that's not a good idea yeah don't <laughs> don't do that <laughs> and you never like legitimately uh entertain those thoughts yeah scott you're not rocky yes your arms are not loaded <laughs> Put him down. <laughs> so H.H. H. Holmes was missing some uh, some factor in there. It probably wasn't his ego. It was probably more so super ego. Mm. But uh, if that's the frame we're looking at this through. It's the only one we know. That's what we've been going with. Let's go with that. It's the hammer we've been pounding <laughs> all these nails with. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, so he had no no filter for those thoughts, and he was just like, "Yeah, why not? Mm-hmm. We'll murder some people. We'll make a hotel. It'll be awesome." Yeah, he did it for like. He, apparently, he had schemes involved with it. Yeah. Like he would murder and collect life insurance, or he would murder and have property. He signed was to very him. much a. So that I don't know how. I'm going in different directions here with my brain. Hold on. We can take a Skycast pause. <laughs> <laughs> so when we were prepping for the cast, we talked about uh, kind of the motives of of serial killers and where that goes. And it's there's you got your process killers and you got your product killers. Okay, two types different types of people. So your process killer is like all the thrill is in the kill. And so it sounds like H.H. H. Holmes was not so much that. No, he, he, he was profit driven. He was about product. He was about, oh, I can benefit from life insurance policies and mm-hmm. like keep going, doing what I'm doing. I can play with the cadavers. Yeah. Stuff like that. So you got your process killers. That's more so um, when you go back to, uh, what's his name, Dahmer. He was more like trying to get young boys to be like sex slaves or some shit like that. He was like drilling holes in their head and pouring in boiling water and trying to like turn them into zombies so that he could fuck them. As one does. <laughs> so it was it was more about like what was happening that resulted in a kill as opposed to He's killing someone for some end. So, like, there's a lot of podcasters out there. They release an episode, they put ads in it, and it goes out to hundreds and thousands of subscribers, and, like, a portion of them, they'll buy stuff from the ads, and then they'll get revenue that way. Yeah. So they're, like, a product podcaster. 
Precisely. Us, on the other hand, we do it for the <laughs> we do it for the adrenaline thrill that happens when we finally just press record and exactly. like, we're just running through the pod and the topics are flying off our mouth and we just keep saying things and we say things we didn't even mean to say and then all of a sudden Ian's dead and oh my god. <laughs> Haphazardly throughout the Amazon.com uh <laughs> Audibletrial.com forward slash Scottcast. Please, please sign up. That's not what we want to be a product podcast, not a process podcast. It's about the process, though, for us. But it is, but I want to be able to say we're a product podcast. It would be nice to have some income. Yeah. (laughs) So Scott doesn't have to keep buying me beers. That's right. (laughs) I'll just give him a little check. (laughs) You're like, this is for your public therapy session. Thank you. Please come back again. <laughs> so I got sidetracked on that. What were we talking about before I got to that? Well, we were talking about uh, how there's two different types of killers, pro- product killers and process killers, and that how H.H. Was... H. Holmes and J- Jack the Ripper seem to be different types. I think so, because Jack the Ripper, he was taking kind of trophies. Yeah, well, I've, it's it could be argued that well, that's I guess product, they, were, then. they were both product but the products were different. Like, yeah, Jack the Ripper's products. It seems like the motivations were, uh, they weren't in line with each other. Like, he took stuff, but it was more about the excitement of taking stuff and having it reported yes. in the news that he's taking stuff. Because he always escalated the taking of stuff mm-hmm. until his last kill, where he took all the stuff, <laughs> except for some of the stuff, enough of the stuff to identify the stuff. That Commission- was taken. It's Commissioner Gordon. It was Commissioner Gordon. Spoiler alert. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, hope you didn't like Batman. Anyway, uh, I was on another line of thought before that, though. Oh, okay. Where were we? You kept getting texts from Bronwyn who were curious about her Zoom experience from. Yeah. But I don't think she's going to come on the mic. She'd prefer to be on the mic of some other podcast. <laughs> We've been trying to get her on all the time, and and she's like, no, 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 I'm too shy. No, no, I don't want to. Yeah. And uh, lo and behold, I'm on Instagram scrolling through, and what do I see? But a post bragging about how she's on some other podcast, some <laughs> MetroMojoLive.com podcast. But she doesn't want to be on ScottCast. Yet she'll text you. 70 times in the middle of a Scott cast. <laughs> so she's clearly not afraid to talk during Scott casts. Just not on the mic. You trying to get me in trouble? Oh, <laughs> I'm not trying to get you in trouble. This is not a message from me to you. This is a message from me to Bronwyn if she's listening, which I'm not sure she is. Well, she should be on Scott cast. She's got interesting she stories. She's very, got interesting perspectives. She was flattered that I uh, included her in so much Scottcast prior to this. And uh I feel like someone told her that was going on. <laughs> By the way, he's saying a lot of nice things about you on Scottcast. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you should check it out. Well. What are you gonna do? It's hard to get a fan these days. from the people you're close with. I'm actually most of my fans are people who are uh sorta know me. Or yeah. not? Not a lot of the people who I've like interacted with. It's like recently. the second shell of the the social. Yeah, it's like the Pete, like Master Charles, old high school friend. We yeah. haven't talked since high school, but but now we have this 
broadcaster listener relationship and we talk on Twitter. Yeah. No, I guess. How about Zunes? <laughs> <laughs> and uh I forgot where I was. Yeah. That uh, seems to be a theme today. I think we have Alzheimer's. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> probably what's going on so the reason why i was like hey let's try to tackle hh holmes let's try Mm -hmm. to tackle this kind of podcasting topic is because i noticed a lot of podcasts talk about murder all the time yeah like they're all about murder like the best all like the 60 percent of downloads for Mm -hmm. podcasts i read somewhere uh are murder mystery podcasts like true crime stuff true crime podcasts they're all murder mysteries so i figured if we if we that's most of what i listen to yeah let's let's dip our ink dip our pen in the murder mystery ink okay and uh steal some listeners from that that already know how to subscribe to podcasts <laughs> you know so we're, we'll talk about h we that's that's what this idea was let's talk about h.h H. holmes but i think this has been way too derailed h.h H. holmes poor <laughs> <laughs> Not enough murder in this. Yeah, sorry. That, no, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's it's totally my fault. Because like when I was envisioning this pod and doing it with all H H Home stuff, like I had the ability to like take notes on it, mm-hmm. but I was just like, you know, who knows more about this? <laughs> you Ian. just assumed. Yeah, I totally assumed on that oh, one. Well. I thought I thought you just had a repository of information about serial killers, like at your beck and call. I mean. Go read Devil in the White City. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> don't rely on me. <laughs> uh, go to audible.com, audibletrial.com forward slash Scottcast and go. download, what was it called? Devil in the White City. Devil in the White City. And what will you learn? All about H.H. H. Holmes. All about H.H. H. Holmes, his little murder hotel. Yeah. Uh, what he did before in his life, after in his life, the crazy memoir he wrote. Uh, but nothing about Jack the Ripper because that's just a fan theory that his great grandson made because he needs to make rent too. Yep. You know, I'm a hustler. I got Scott Cast. I got to respect the hustle. You know, it doesn't mean I believe a word he says. Don't hate the player, hate the game. I mean, I like the story. I like the idea of it. <laughs> I like the idea of England having this great freaking thing and then America taking it over. But it turns out actually it's a horribly grisly thing <laughs> and why are we taking credit for it and that's like the story of american history for the past 30 years kind of yeah so it only makes sense that we would try to take over <laughs> <laughs> that imperialist streak just is just strong i thought you'd like that take on it yeah with your with with, with your stance on things did we already talk about how i don't have opinions yes we did yeah so yeah that was me making an opinion for you. So your big question with this was like, uh, why are we fascinated by this stuff? Yeah, why are we morbidly fascinated? Like, I'm morbidly fascinated by a whole bunch of things. Like, there's avenues on the internet abound for mm-hmm. looking up crazy things like death statistics or uh, murder mysteries or, you know, crazy urban legends. Yeah, stuff like that. It, you can stay up all night, and I often will like lose an entire night's sleep 
reading and looking at all these grisly, scary stories. And it's just, it's just an impulse. It's like I get in that dark hole and I'm like, Uh I need as many stories about the darkness of humanity as I can get. And nothing that isn't dark will satisfy that. And that is beyond my need for, oh, I need to hear an interesting story. I need to hear a yarn. It's a totally different feeling. Yeah. So I'm like, what's going on here? Why, why, why does that drive just kick in sometimes? And like, oh, let's learn about murder. <laughs> it's like, I feel like that's like a campfire genetic thing. I think that's, that's very much your id taking over. Looking at the train wreck. We, we have these, yeah, we have these dark impulses and uh, we suppress them mm-hmm. most of the time. So you don't want to acknowledge that that's something that's interesting to you, but uh, that's it's a reality of our lives that we're all going to die, mm-hmm. and that uh, that sort of esoteric piece of of humanity is something that appeals to us. So all these podcasters who are like, "Oh, you're too esoteric," blah blah, fuck you guys. Yeah. That's that's being podcast human. listeners. No podcaster has ever disparaged Scott Cast. Yeah, when someone who podcasts listen to Scott Cast, they're like, "This thing's real. This thing's." But podcast listeners, undiscerning podcast mm-hmm. listeners, the rabble mitten, if you will, <laughs> those who are Ladon know, I should say, yeah, they don't appreciate our esotericism. Prodondos know what's up. That's right, and that's that was this technique. I was hoping there'd be more additional listeners <laughs> after that, but you know, if we if we made sure that some people know not to tune into Scott Cats, then that then that'll do. Because yeah. it's all about defining your market. It's not about controlling some percent share. It's about having a really solid relationship with the community of people. Mm-hmm. That's what it's. That's what all marketing is about. If you do it right. And that's why business can be good. Most of the time, it's people just fucking around trying to get their lad, trying to get their scratch going. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But a lot of the time, you see a genuinely talented businessman who is a, is a boon to society. You know, he creates jobs as everyone loves him, everyone praises him, everyone throws parties for him, and uh, and, and he you, eats can, cake. Can you name one of those? No, but like. <laughs> Maybe me one day as I head my Scott Cast Empire. Okay. Actually probably not. I would totally be a tyrant boss. Yeah. I'd be imposing my will upon all my underlings and making them do pointless projects just because I have the power. You, you pretty know. much make me work for free. I do. You I buy mean, me booze sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes I'm like bring it on your own. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's today's Scott cast, I believe. All right. That's 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 what we got. That's what we had in the barrel. That's what we shot up in the air. And that's what you're going to get. You know, we, you had some good genuine genuine opinions thrown in there with a lot of a lot of a lot of, lot of interesting facts and esotericism because that's who we are and that's what we care about. Do that's we right. feud? Do we not feud? That will be to be decided. This is going to be a multi-pod question. <laughs> and if you have an idea of someone we should feud with, someone that, like, Scott, this podcast is terrible. You need to infiltrate and destroy. 
I mean, I might take a mercantile attitude towards this idea. Yeah. But, like, right now I'm balancing, should we be a feuding culture or should we be a benevolent, helpful culture? Because you're really good at being helpful. So I try, I try. The audience <laughs> appreciates your insights and they appreciate your way of viewing things. And and, and they appreciate my... Uh, uh, my ability to get you on the microphone <laughs> and get you to say things. Yeah. Uh, so what should we lean into? Should we fight and should we destroy or should we create? Email in at hotforscottcast at gmail.com or go to hotforscottcast.com and write in there or whatever. Uh, so with that, I close this episode and bid thee adieu. Adieu. I need to figure out a new closing thing. I do.